Hi. I was going to make this video with songs in it, but as I examine the rules of copyright, I'm really wrong in that. I cannot do that. So I must change my ways now that I know. And I have to make the video. Uh, I have to make this sermon with no videos. Which is too bad because it's so much part of the sermon. It says it much better than I can, the songs do. However, there is a way around it and that is to link to the video sites themselves where they can be played with with lyrics uh, as captions. And that's beautiful, but I'm not sure how many people will be willing to do that or sometimes not really able to do that. The process is simple. You put the, the this video on hold and you go to the notes below. Um, not all the platforms that this is on will have notes, but I can I can put them as the next posting. They can be found. That's what I'm trying to say. They can be found easy enough. But if you go to the notes, put the video on pause and go to the notes and and then uh, play that video in your copy paste or open it in a new tab. It, it's it's quite doable if you want to do it, and it really adds what I'm trying to say. So I'll explain it as we go and let's just get into it because um, I made the sermon but I, ne I never gave it and I know there's enough people that want to see it that I know on different platforms um, in different ways and, and uh, uh, so here it is. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a day. Well, first I have to tell you when I when I when I spoke last, I made a a massive error. I gave my testimony and I left the the key words in it, <laughs> the most important words. I left them out. So I'll just give them to you now. The evangelist said to me. Your problem is you're trying to save yourself. And I, I I agreed. I'm trying to get better every day. And he said, give it up. You cannot save yourself. Jesus did it all for you. I I never heard those words before. I, or they've been said to me, they never penetrated. You cannot save yourself. Jesus did it all for you. Those were the turning words in life, I believe, that I had missed. <laughs> and uh, well, then I, I realized he did it all for me. I'm already saved. I, I have, it's, it's, it becomes Thanksgiving after that. Um, you cannot save yourself. Jesus did it all for you. Those are the words I missed. I regret. How can I miss the key words? I'd even written them in big letters the night before so I wouldn't forget them and I forgot them. <laughs> you cannot save yourself. Jesus did it all for you. Okay.
Those are the words I wanted to correct, and they're really important words. There's a Psalm 137, uh, verses 7 and 8. And it says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. Oh, there is no escape. <laughs> I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. And so it was in the 1995, in the winter, at 9 p.m., I was uh, at a friend's house in the middle of nowhere. I don't recall telling anyone that I was going there. I just went to visit because they were my friends and there's so much love there and you just want to drink it up. And I was there, 9 p.m., on a winter night in 1995, it was 9 o'clock at night, the phone rang. And that was a bit unusual because they usually go to bed at 9 o'clock at night. And I was lingering a little bit too long, as I tend to do. Um, and the phone rang. That's a bit unusual. It's their bedtime. And, and they answered the phone, and it wasn't for them. It was for me. <laughs> How did anybody know I was here? Why is somebody voting me here? And I took the phone call, and it was from the principal of the Christian school about, um, not, yeah, 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 I was the principal of the Christian school, and, 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 uh, I, I helped out there every day, and, and he phoned me, and he said he and his wife were going to Vancouver early the next morning, and he was going to stay there three days, and then he was going to fly to Liberia on a mission trip. And would I consider driving them down, staying the three days, and, and, and bringing his wife home again to, to Midway? rather than her drive the winter roads in the dark. And since I drove all the time on those roads, and I loved to do it, it was not going to be a problem, except Martin, it's, it's, it's late at night, and I'm not even close to home. I'm 50 minutes away, and I haven't prepared, I haven't packed, and you want to go early in the morning? I don't think so. I'm not saying no, but uh, no, I, I'm not saying yes. I, I, I'm leaning towards no, I'm not, we're, we're not going. Um, but, but I'll see you in the morning in, in the school. And, and I hung up and I talked to my friends about it for some time. And uh, a bit later, the phone rang again. And I thought, oh, well, Martin's got something else to say. Um, so they answered the phone, and it was not Martin. It was, for me, also from somebody totally different. How did they know I was here? How does anybody know I'm here? I'm way far away in the mountains, far from my home, and, and two people have phoned me in the same evening. That's most unusual. 
and it was the mother of my children. We had been divorced about seven years, I think. I don't know. That's just sad. And 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 she was asking for more money for one of the children, and we we were not getting along at that time. And money was a tense subject, and I didn't have a lot, and she didn't have a lot, and I I said no, I I don't I don't think I can do that. No, no. So I hung up and I talked to my friends. I guess quite a bit longer because when I did get home, it was exactly midnight and I knelt down beside the bed and I said Lord I'm I'm too tired I'm too tired you figure it out I don't know what to do I'm going to bed good night so not the most reverent prayer in the world but it was honest um, and I went to sleep instantly um, and when I get up in the morning, well, wait a minute here. Um, there is this two scripture verses, maybe there's three. Psalm 16, verse 7. I will bless the Lord who advises me. Even at night I am instructed in the depths of my mind. And Job 33, verses 14 to 16. Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. In a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men, while they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. And John chapter 10, verse 14 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Did this have something to do with what happened? I think it did. I thought it was a normal sleep. When I get up in the morning, it was dark. I was in my cabin in the woods up in the loft and in the morning I got up I went downstairs I put the the I made the cook stove fire go put the coffee on went outside came back in the coffee was ready I made a biscuit and I was off to the school and the whole process took about 45 minutes to, from the time I woke up to the time I arrived at the school. That, that was a normal thing. I just got up and I went. And that happened this day too, except, <laughs> except I maintain there's a, a, a moment between when sleep ends and you wake up. It's a nanosecond. The sleep is over, but you haven't woken up. There's just that little tiny space in there. And in that tiny nanosecond, I saw a picture of two rocks about the size of my hand. 
broken rocks, two halves of maybe the same, well, it must have been the same rock, and, and they were coming closer together, hovering over each other, but never quite joining. And you could see when they joined together all the jagged edges and broken pieces. And when they came together, it was precision. They fit together with precision. And these two rocks kept floating uh, over each other, but never quite coming together. But you could see they fit perfect. And there was a message with it. And the message was, the sooner you are empty, the sooner I can fill. The two rocks coming together, the sooner you are empty, the sooner I can fill. And what's the person supposed to do with that in a, in a nanosecond? First thing in the morning. And then I woke up. And I said out loud, I remember that I was now, the conscious self took over and I voiced, I'm not going and I'm not giving. That's a whole lot early in the morning. So I went downstairs and I made a fire in the wood stove, put the coffee on, went outside came back in, coffee was ready, was making a biscuit, and I looked on the floor and there was a very small box, like a half an apple box. And I thought, you know, I, I could put in some shaving gear and some spare underwear and a t-shirt and maybe a pair of pants, just in case I went to North Vancouver, which was where Martin's parents lived and we where we would stay just in case I you know in case I went I, I, I could put a few things in a box and just a few things not that I was going just just in case and I was out of that door within 15 minutes of waking up packed and ready to go lightly packed but packed and I drove out of the little enclave in the woods where I lived and up the hill and down the lane and through the forest and then I got onto the secondary road and went 15 minutes down the road and got to that 30 minutes more to the school and I got to the school and they parked outside and I walked in with my box, turned the light on, turned the heat up, walked into the lunchroom and looked at the time, turned the light on, and looked at the time, and I stared at it for a very long time. I knew what the clock said, but I couldn't comprehend its meaning. <laughs> the clock said it was quarter to four in the morning. And I thought, uh, but I didn't go to bed till midnight. And I got up at 3 to get here in 45 minutes. And I'm packed and ready to go. Quarter to 4? Well, I, I resigned to the fact that it was quarter to 4. But that was most unusual. 
perhaps you could see a pattern that there was a plan in place here and it was unfolding and I, I was not I was not up to speed on this. <laughs> this this was happening. So I got an early start on the day and did my work and I phoned Martin at seven thirty and said, Well, I think I'm ready to go to North Vancouver and uh, he said, and I had a schedule. I love schedules. Whenever I travel, I had a schedule. My schedule was we would leave at 11 and we would get to North Van at, at 8.30 at night. And, and there's lots of time in there to do other things and be delayed and so on. And he said, no, no, 11 o'clock, that's way too late. We've got to leave earlier. Okay, we'll leave earlier. That's fine. And uh, I continued with I continued with my work, and at, at uh, seven at eight o'clock there was no march, and at nine o'clock there was no march. And but a man came in, a young man from Greenwood came in, and he was a, a musician. He was very popular with the children, very likable fella, and we said hello, and and then he said something to me that was most unusual. He said. The Lord woke me up this morning to pray for you. Nobody has ever said that to me before. The Lord woke me up to pray for you this morning. Most unusual. <laughs> but what he said next, <laughs> what he said next was, The Lord woke me up at 3 a.m. At 3 a.m., you say, <laughs> let me tell you what happened at 3 a.m. this morning. I had this experience of some sort, and I explained that to him, and he was very blessed to know that his prayer had been answered, and I was really blessed to know that he had prayed for me at that precise time. And I want to go on with this story because it's just glorious, but... Something else came up. Something like, we interrupt the show. <laughs> we interrupt the regular programming because this other thing happened that I thought was way more pressing and I'm going to go there instead. I'm just going to pause for a sec. There is a song called Known and Loved and it'll be around. <laughs> For mo most people, it will be in the show notes, and it'll be a YouTube link with a you know a bunch of letters and things like that, and you copy and paste or click click on it, and it'll play. I hope I hope you can get to hear it because it's just such a nice song, and I believe it will bless you. And it, it, I'll just leave it there. I'll call it song number one, known and loved, and there'll be. A, a link to it, a YouTube link to it, because that's the legal way to do it, and I want to do it proper. Okay. I have to skip all the story I was going to tell you and get to the interruption. <laughs> um... I'm not 
I'm not saying God spoke to me, except, except, <laughs> he made a really strong impression. The sooner you are empty, the sooner I can fill. But when I think about it, the sooner you are empty, that's me, that could be you, the sooner I can fill. I is a subject. Somebody is saying something. Who said I can fill? The point is, um, God may never speak to you, or you've never heard God speak to you. I think God speaks to us all the time, and we miss it. <laughs> um, and in, in, a in a variety of ways, and you can say, God never speaks to me. That's okay. That's fine. But you have heard the words, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. I know you've heard that in your lifetime. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've heard that. Those are God's words. God spoke those words, and you heard them. So God spoke to you. I was coming, I came across, um, first of all, I'm going to hand you a spiritual mirror. You, you can't touch it, and I, I don't. But you already got it. So it's a spirit. It's a spiritual mirror, and you have it now. And uh, during the course of this, I'm going to ask you to look into it from time to time and see if you see your face, because you don't really want to see your face in this mirror. And you'll see what I mean as I go along. Um, it was late in the day, about eight weeks ago. There were five people talking. I was only an observer, and I was listening to them. I was, yeah, So five people. One was a Christian woman, one was a Christian man, one was a priest, and two were unknown Genesis. I don't know what... They never spoke about what they believed. There were two, two people, so five altogether. And I was listening to them, and they were speaking hatred towards this other person, making every kind of accusation. He had done this. He had done that. He's a terrible person. Um, it, just, it was nonstop condemnation. And the that it came so fast and so so uh, continuous and unbroken, as if they were quintuplets and they were all speaking in union, but they were speaking separately, but it all fit together as one. And this went on and on and on. And I realized that there was, I've never seen such, such viciousness before from a, a group of people in a continuous fashion. And... I realized they had never even met the person. 
it was all hearsay. Everything that they were saying was hearsay. They'd heard it here or they'd heard it there, but they'd never met the person. And they never heard that person's point of view. And they never heard, they never heard the fence. It was all hearsay, which is just gossip. And yet they were judging this person. And how are you doing in your mirror? <laughs> do you ever do that? Do you ever speak about people when you don't know them? You haven't even met them, but you've heard this and you've heard that and and so on. We spread it around anyway, even though we don't know if it's true. Say it isn't so, but I think we all do it. We all, I think most of us, bless you if you don't, but I think most of us do somewhat. The Bible does not speak well of gossip. Psalm 15 verse 1 to 3 says, Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts, those who refuse to gossip and or harm their neighbors. <laughs> you do a lot of harm with your words sometimes. Hearsay is just gossip. The Bible has something else to say about that. In Romans chapter 1, verse 29, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Oh, what good company gossip keeps. Every wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder. The Bible does not speak well of gossip. <laughs> and we tend to engage in it often, I think. They say it's not so. God said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. How does that work if we're speaking gossip and hatred about someone? So these people were talking this. It wasn't uh, vile. It was just hatred, <laughs> pure hatred. I, I offered this, let the person who has no sin cast the first stone. I thought that might slow them down a little bit. There was some hesitation. <laughs> the Christian woman hesitated uh, and the Christian man unbelievably said, oh that. That was the word of God. He who has he who has no sin cast the first stone and he said, oh, that. And he carried on. And and the priest, he, he never slowed down at all. He just carried on with his, with his accusations and contemptuousness towards this person and, and the two women also. But they didn't pretend to be anything. So we'll just not be concerned about that. But the other three... You would think they they would they wouldn't do that. It troubled me. I went away, and later that night, 
it troubled me more. Well, it still troubled me. And the next morning, it was still troubling me. And I went, I went to the second book of Genesis, I believe. Sorry, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. I think that's right. God was speaking to Adam and Eve in the garden. You may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Okay. And later on, the serpent came along in the next chapter, I think, and he said, You shall not die. No, no, this is good fruit. This stuff's good stuff. Don't, don't believe God. You, you won't die. This, you will become like God, <laughs> knowing good and evil. You, you eat this stuff. This is pretty good stuff. Trust me, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> and of course, Adam and Eve ate it, and sin entered the world and is passed down to all of us like a virus. It just plunges into our midst and been passed down from generation to generation. Babies are being born this very day with the sin virus in them. And only the shed blood of Jesus can cleanse us from that. And I wondered about the people I spoke of earlier. Had they returned to the old way? He is a bad person. He does terrible things. This should happen to him and that should happen. Hello, <laughs> who made you God? Did you eat of the forbidden fruit? Are you born again? Have you not been given a new nature? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. There's nothing about condemning other people in that. And he also says in 1 Corinthians verses 6, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19, don't you realize your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. The slamming of other individuals or people groups or looking down with contempt upon another is not who we were called to be. Help, help us not to do that. And this is kind of irrelevant but it fit in I saw this picture of three drag queens men with purses and makeup and high heels and lipstick and fake breasts and they were running across the room with glee and the background was hard to tell exactly where it was. Was it a kindergarten, a grade one, grade two, a library? I don't know, but it didn't belong there. 
and I, I had some darker thoughts about these gentlemen <laughs> and and then I saw something I, I on a second look I saw something I hadn't seen before yeah let's just go there underneath all that fluff and pretense and makeup and high heels and dresses and you know what I saw? I saw the men, the faces of three men. Everything else aside, I saw the faces of three men. Three men who were made in the image of God. Three men who were made in the image of God. I don't know what they were doing or why they were doing it or why they were so gleeful about it, but I saw the image of three men made in the image of God and I could find no hatred, no dislike. I could see lost souls. I don't think God called them to do that. But it wasn't, it wasn't dislike. It was, it was sadness and I think lostness, God has sent his son into the world not to judge it, but to save it. In the Nuremberg trials, after the Second World War in, in Germany, they had the trials and they were describing some of the things some of the Nazis had done. And the two men watching, one of them, he just burst into tears. He, 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 he burst into tears, what can I say? And his friend said to him, those were terrible things they did. Yes, I know, it's hard to take. And the man said, no. <laughs> That's not why I'm crying, he said. He said, but for the grace of God, I could have been one of the ones doing those crimes. And that was so telling. We, we find fault with others, but for the grace of God, it could have been us. It could have been us and we've been saved. And so why aren't we showing compassion towards other people and praying for them rather than condemning them? When Jesus was on the ground naked or near naked and, and they had him splayed out on the cross and they were, they had, what would you call them, uh, mallets and they were driving, driving, spikes into his wrists or the top part of the bottom part of his hand and into his feet and then lifting him up on the cross he didn't condemn them he said forgive them they know not what they do ought, ought we not to do the same towards others rather than condemning them in God's word, God said, this is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, 
who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his desire, not to condemn them in humility. And this is in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. And think of this, please, because this was one of the first verses that caught my attention in the Bible when I realized it was all real. John 3.36 He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. That, that's awesome! And he who, has, he who does not believe in the Son does not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. Some some Bibles have it translated, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not obey the Son does not see life, but the wrath of God abides upon him. Think of that. Do you want someone to die with the wrath of God upon them? Can you Can you imagine yourself dying with the wrath of God upon you? Forever? Irrevocable? How how's that going to be in a thousand years? <laughs> a million years? You don't just die and disappear. Life begins. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> um, the wrath of God abides upon you. Don't want that on somebody else. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pray for those people. That might be the better way. Vengeance belongs to me, says the Lord. It's not ours. <laughs> it's not ours. I think maybe some of us have been in the mirror a little bit because we, we tend to judge others and condemn them and think terrible things. And you cannot worship God and hate your neighbor. In various ways, we, we, we slip are you born again? That That's not who you are. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to tighten this up. Um, the first book of John, chapter 1, verse 7, says, But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin are we living in the light as he is in the light because <laughs> if a correction is needed make the correction get yourself out of that mirror that spiritual mirror that maybe you're in there sometimes I think we all are a little bit, huh? And onwards to chapter, verse, uh, first book of John, chapter 1, verse 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness or all unrighteousness. <laughs> Those are good places to visit with a, 
humble heart. And in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3 says, Unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Little children don't hate people they have never met and then condemn them. They do not look down on them and speak with contempt. And I, I, I could go on at some length with some interesting things. How are you doing towards your neighbor? <laughs> And those that maybe you don't get along with very well. Who Who is, let's just say that the people of Midway where I am love everybody in Midway and everything's fine. Who is the nearest neighbor to Midway? And it, it's not Greenwood, which is close. And it's not Rock Creek, which is almost as close. The nearest neighbor to Midway is one inch away across the border. It is the United States of America. How are you doing with that spiritual mirror now? Are you okay with the American people? <laughs> because Canadians tend to, oh, Americans, oh, the Americans, and all oh, bad things, all these bad things, and they're our neighbor. The blood of Jesus did not stop flowing at the 49th parallel. It kept going. And just in case you're not in that mirror yet, <laughs> I'm going to say a trigger word here that's, that'll get some people kind of going. How is your love towards Donald J. Trump? <laughs> And how much how many of you have met him <laughs> and yet you have all this information about him that you it's not first hand, it's second hand, it's hearsay. You, oh I saw it on the news. Well the news shows you what the pieces they want you to see and so on and so on. It doesn't really matter who who you're hating. It's the hatred that's the problem. And Jesus wants everyone to be saved. Everyone. He wants them to come to repentance and be saved. So rather than hate the neighbor, love your neighbor and pray for them. Jesus loves them and wants them to be saved and gave his life for them. And who are we to hold ourselves above that and say, well, yeah, but that person over there, he, he's... No, 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 no. And, and we, we have this uh, tendency to hold our noses a bit in the air and say, well, we're not that bad. In fact, we're not like those Americans. We're... We're good people in Canada. We're, we're good people. And that's like the Pharisees when they, when they, when they, were praying one time, and, and they said, "Well, thank you, Lord, that we're not like we're not like those sinners. We're not like those prostitutes. We're not like those tax collectors." And is that what we're doing? 
We're not like those Americans. We're not like that Trump. We're not like that person. We're not like that person. We're good people here. Because you're one step away from saying, in fact, we don't really need a savior because we're, we're, we're pretty good people. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, message delivered. Um, really? Love your neighbor. <laughs> Just love your neighbor. And don't, don't get caught up in the gossip game and the hearsay game. Don't do that. And if possible, and if it works out, that you could put the video on pause for a moment and go to a second song. I'll just number number two. I don't remember what it's called, but it's a children's song. It's two minutes long. And it's, be careful, little children, what you say. Be careful, little children, what you think. Be careful, little children, what you do. And before I come to the last part, which is great, a great joy to me. <laughs> when I first asked Jesus into my life, I couldn't understand why the churches on Sunday morning weren't bursting with joy because we had eternal life and our sins were forgiven. And to me, the churches would, would, would be bursting so much that the walls would go blowing out and didn't have to be fixed up every Monday because the joy would be too great to be contained. This song, I'm hoping, will be contagious to you. Um, okay, um, there's a scripture verse, though, I want to say to some people who maybe don't, who don't know anything about being saved or born again or receiving eternal life. It's a simple verse. I heard it myself in the woods one day long ago, but I remember it being said to me quite casually. It was Romans chapter 9, chapter 10. It was Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm not going to go into it more than that, but I'm going to say it again clearly. If you, open, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you do declare that Jesus is Lord, tell someone else. <laughs> do tell someone else, no matter how crazy it seems or sounds. Or it, It's important that you tell someone else. You'll never regret having told someone else. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, I have two quick stories to tell before the final song. I really hope you listen to the final song. I'll post it in the notes. I'll post it nearby, whatever platform you're watching it on. It's, it's a sheer joy for me to listen to it, to hear people in sincerity singing what they really believe.
and it's true. And let me tell you the two stories. I, I, I was in the mountains far away, far, far away, really high up. And uh, I was thinking of buying some land there in 1998 or nine. And, and the really narrow road, and I, I got to my destination and I realized right then that I couldn't buy it. It was too narrow, high mountains on both sides, very narrow valley and very steep. And I, I couldn't stay there. It was, there would be too much snow. There's a lot of snow in that area. I couldn't stay there. And it was far away from anywhere. That, that, that wasn't going to work too good. And there was no room. I had a bus to live in, and, and there was nowhere really to put the bus. I, I couldn't stay there. That was the short of it. I, it was over. It was just not going to work out. So I turned my little car around, a little station wagon, tired at your cell wagon, and I can make that wagon in the back empty, and I can make a really nice bed and sleep there. It was nice having a turtle shell on your car. You could go to sleep, and I slept quite comfortably in there. I could lie straight out flat, corner to corner, and pillow and blanket, sleeping bag, and go to sleep. And suddenly I found myself, bear with me, in an outer courtroom. And my adversary was there saying, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you good. I'm going to get you this time. I don't like contention. Oh, so I had to go into the inner courtroom to see the judge. And the judge was sitting at a rather low desk, and he's behind dark plexiglass, much like today, actually. And down about waist high was a little hole that you could speak through to the judge. You had to bend down to speak at waist high to the judge who was on the other side. And he was spewing out accusations at me, one after another, after another, non-stop accusation, accusation, accusation. So I bent down through the little hole, and, I, and this judge was scowling all the time, and dark, and, and big jowls. And I, I bent down, and I spoke in that little hole, and I said, Judge, I'm guilty of all of those things. I did every one of them. I'm guilty of them all, but Jesus Christ died for me on the cross, and my sins are forgiven. And at that, the judge, where he was sitting at his desk, all that was left was an ashtray, with a cigarette in the ashtray, and the ash had burnt all of the ashtray, just the butt and the ash dripping, drooping down into the ashtray. That's all that was left of the judge. And I'm looking at this and thinking, what just happened here? And the sheriff who had been behind the judge said to me, now you've done it, you've killed the judge. And I'm thinking, this is going from bad to worse. And then I woke up. Except I hadn't woken up. I was back in the outer courtroom. And my adversary was there saying, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you good this time. And I'm thinking, we, we just went through this. I'm having a dream within the dream. And I noticed five other people in the room, and I knew who they were. 
But just then, from the outside, from the outside world, walking into the outer courtroom was a different judge. This judge was fair-headed. Well, he was lighter countenance, and he was tall, like a Norwegian statesman kind of look. And he was he strode towards the courtroom with grace and purpose. And as he went by us, he bent his head slightly and said, I think everything is going to be all right. I think everything is going to be just fine. And then he went into the courtroom. And I knew right then that everything was going to be okay. Jesus had entered the room, or the spirit of Jesus had entered the room. I knew everything was going to be okay. And I stood up and I put my arm around my adversary and my other arm around one of the five people in the room and, and the five people joined us. So the seven of us danced in a circle singing praises to God. And those five people who I recognized were from the group Upstream, which was an evangelical group that came through our area in 1995 and it, it, that was a good thing <laughs> um, and they put on a presentation and the gospel in, in song and theater and and those five people were in the room when we danced in a circle we were praising God and then I woke up for real <laughs> and my I my thought my my thoughts became my words when I woke up my first words were I like this place. <laughs> I like this place a whole lot. Because, well, because I like the place, but what had happened there was, even though it was just a dream, I didn't know it was a dream. To me, it was real. <laughs> it was very real. And I did what I did. And what I did was, I overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. When I spoke to the judge, I spoke that Jesus had died for me on the cross by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I told that to the judge, and the judge shrunk into nothing. Evil can't stand up to... to the evil accuser cannot stand up to your testimony and the blood of the Lamb, even unto death. You win every time. And the last story, it's much smaller. When I lived in Greenwood, I went in my wheelchair across the ballpark. There was a row of um, aspen trees. At the far side of the park, there's the ball diamond, aspen trees. And I would sit amongst the aspen trees and meet people. And that, that was interesting. And that particular day, I was ambushed. There's no other way to describe it. I was ambushed. I'll skip the details. There was a man and a woman. They both had a briefcase. And they came up to me and they wanted to share the good news. They had seen me and they wanted to share the good news. I knew right away that they were the Jehovah Witnesses. And they were coming to give me the weekly spiel. I went into immediate prayer because I know how they end. They end up in contention and just not a, not, they don't leave you with a, 
the feeling of being free in Jesus. That that was not part of who they are. And they came to me and they wanted to tell me the good news. And I'm praying frantically, Lord. What am I? What am I to say? Help me. Give me some words, Lord. I, what What do we do here? I don't. I don't want to do. Oh, I. I, I don't. Give them your testimony. That thought just passed by my head. Give them your testimony. So before they could speak, I said, wait, wait, i got to give you my testimony. So I gave them my testimony. And at the end, the man did not like it. He did not like that I was set free. He, 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 he would have nothing to do with that. And so they came again with their spiel and they tried to do their little weekly program thing. I don't. I never did this before. Before they could speak, I said to the woman, "Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ?" And she gave the most beautiful, honest answer. She paused and said, "You know, I've never really thought of that before." And I said, "Well, do think of that. That's the most important thing." You can know having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> come, let's come again. We talk about this, and and the man said, "We have to go. We have an appointment somewhere else. We have to go." And away they went. But the point is, I gave my testimony, and I overcame whatever, whatever blockage they have that you can never get through. I overcame that by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And that woman melted in a way I've never seen a Jehovah Witness melt before and gave an honest answer. She had never thought of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ before. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of her testimony. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I said. <laughs> and this song, this last song, because I'm going to fade away and not be here anymore. I hope you can find that last song. If you can't find it, write to me and I'll send it to you. MB1952 at gmail.com MB1952 at gmail.com I'll send you that song. And it's in the notes of whatever platform you're seeing this on. And if it's not, I'm going to post it on both sides of this video. It'll be around. It can be found. And if not, write to me, mb1952 at gmail.com. And I'll send it to you because I, 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 I cry with joy when I hear this song. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of her testimony. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We, we, we've been changed. We'll never be the same. Oh, I think, hope, I desire that uh, you were able to hear this and it blesses you in some way. Thank you. Bye.